When my friend Winky was very young, he went to the senior class prom with a girl who was wearing a low, low-cut, off-the-shoulder dress. And after a while, curiosity got the best of him, and Winky said, "'What is keeping that dress on you?' And she said, "'Only the onions on your breath.'" Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> You're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now, the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Lock your door, draw your blind. You're in danger of the strangest kind. Grab a train, board or plane. Spain would even be a safety zone. You're on a spot, don't think you're not You're gonna lose all the rhythm you got Let me tell you why, then you're on your own There's a new kind of enemy, all the loose today It's a ghost of a melody when it comes your way It kind of sneaks right up upon you And kind of puts the finger on you Look out for public melody number one If it should be your luck and it reads you face to face And your feet start shrugging it all around the place Don't try to call on Hoover's G-Men They're just out of ABC men So look out for public melody number one Frankenstein, a bundle of joy Jesse James is the teacher's pet Gatlin's gun is only a toy Compared to notes shot from a hot cornet So get undercover rhythm, rascals run Hide out until he passes He's out to get the masses So look out for public melody number one
goes run Hide out until he passes He's out to get the masses Look out for public melody number one Well, that was Catherine Russell Catherine Russell here on The Humble Farmer Thank you for listening my friend Winky, I've been telling you about my friend Winky. My friend Winky bought a mess of chickens, and he told me he was going to go into the hen business. I asked him if he knew anything about breeding chickens, and he said, No, I don't, but the chickens do. Probably 38, 39. Can you imagine anyone 
listening to Django Reinhardt at one of his concerts, being right there live with him and and sneezing while they were making the recording. You're listening to The Humble Farmer. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. i got to tell you this, late, late one foggy summer afternoon, my 19-year-old friend Philip showed up and said he needed help. He was on his way home from the Owl's Head Transportation Museum where he volunteers summers. Now, Philip wanted a better, a better front axle for his 1926 Model T. He wasn't happy with the one he had. He wanted a better one. And this 1926 Model T that he drove into my dooryard is the exact same automobile I was driving to school when I was 17 years old. Philip recently came into possession of that car because 40 years ago, his great-grandparents, Gramp and Gladys Wiley, were relatives, next-door neighbors, and my closest friends. As you know, what goes around comes around. I want you to know that in 1953, there was no problem with the front axle on that car, so, so I didn't see that there should be any problem with it now. For the past 60 years, this car hadn't done much of anything but gather dust in Winslow Robinson's hen house, where I had it stored. But Philip said he wanted to put new bushings in the front end of this Model T axle to tighten it up. A close inspection by Philip revealed that the holes in the axle where the kingpins went in were a little worn, and he said it would be nice if he could have a better axle. Now, I want you to know that there is neither shake nor shimmy in that Model T today, because a week before he was here, Philip let me drive it to my 63rd high school reunion, and it handled like a dream. How many people do you know who drove to their high school reunion, their 63rd high school reunion, in the same car they drove to school over 60 years before. I want you to tell me. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Just like... 
Everything's going to be all right. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. You know, with any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. I'm thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. I'm struggling today. i got to admit it to you. You know I'd like to tell you what's going on here. I have a new piece of equipment here in my studio, and I'm, I'm still uh, a little unfamiliar with it. I'm a little shaky. Hang in there with me. Thank you. I was telling you, I drove the same car that I was driving in high school 63 years ago. I drove this same car to my 63, 63rd high school reunion. I want you to know that not everyone at the reunion was overjoyed to see us pull into the parking lot in that old car. There was at least one woman there who turned her head away and wouldn't even look at it. One cold night, she walked three miles to get home when I got stuck in a hole in Victor Dennison's gravel pit. That was probably 63, 64 years ago. You know, there are some things better forgotten. On cold days, I was driving that car to school in the wintertime. Now, on cold days, I took out the front seat and put in the round kerosene heater we'd use in our bathroom when I was a little kid back in the 40s. If you, I want you to know this, think about this. If you have never driven to school on a cold morning with a cozy kerosene stove heating your car, I tell you, you don't know what you're missing.
Ted Weems from 1927. And the car we're talking about here today was made 1926, a year older than this song. I, imagine that. When I was in high school, I was driving a car to school. It was made 1926. But of course, that was 1952. I was Back then, I was more financially secure than I am now. And I, I actually had two 1926 Fords that I drove to school. One was the two-door sedan that Philip now drives and wanted a new axle for. And just before I had that one, I had a four-door touring car which had no top. And I still remember this well. In December of 1952, I was coming home from school. I was driving home from school in the touring car when the right front tire went flat. Now, of course, back then, if you were driving a car in the 1950s, you knew that when wheels would come off, you'd be slowed down a little bit, you know, for a day or, day or two. But a flat tire, when wheels came off, you'd be slowed down for a day or two. But a flat tire, it was no cause for alarm. I continued to drive home on the rim when I had that flat tire. And you might remember that old Fords had wheels with wooden spokes. And if you haven't seen one, you might have seen pictures of one. And by 1952, the spokes in my car were already 26 years old, and and the spokes in the right front wheel were obviously decayed because almost a beam of Bate Mackey's house, the pounding on that rim shattered those wooden spokes. The, the car slid to the right into the ditch. It turned 90 degrees to the right, and it flipped over. And it dumped me right out just like water out of a teacup. Tell me why 
Maxine. No, Catherine Russell. In back in nineteen fifty two, if you were involved in an automobile accident that did more than fifty dollars worth of damage, you were legally required to report this accident to the state police. But because I'd only paid Tom Bragg over to Tom Bragg's junkyard twenty three dollars and fifty cents for this car that I rolled over, well, you can see there was really no need to report this accident. I could have rolled over two cars worth twenty three fifty apiece, and I still wouldn't have had to report the accident. I was able to hide this car in a nearby side road. I don't know how I did it. Someone must have come by and hooked onto it and pulled it across the road and hit it. And that night I played for a dance, because you don't roll over in a car every day, so this is still right in my mind. I know that night I played for a dance at Rockland High School with my mother. My mother was a piano player. And I didn't dare tell her I'd rolled over in my car until we'd finished the gig.
the last time you turned on your radio and heard Rudy Valley singing For I'm Just a Vagabond Lover. That was one of those songs when I was a kid you always heard about it but you never heard it played. It wasn't even played when I was a kid. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. Did I mention that that my friend Philip who came by to get the axle did I mention that Philip is learning how to restore antique cars at a school called McPherson, way out in Kansas. Well, I gave this axle business some thought when he came to ask me for this axle. I gave it some thought. I, I realized that he'd been going to college to study old car restoration. I realized he was now the expert. I put on my coat and we went out and looked at, oh, half a dozen Model T axles I had stored around three different locations. And he, he finally saw one that look good to him. I tell you, he'd he'd get down on his knees, he'd sight along those axles, he'd find a little bend in each one of them. At last he found a good one. No. No, I am not done making my radio program. I'm halfway through. At present, you are on the air. I'll be up in 30 minutes. Now, where was I? You know, it's... uh, it's hard to do these things when you have people after you from both ends. Anyways, let's tell you that there's, when I was 17 years old, a bent axle meant absolutely nothing. The problem was with the half-rotted wood in the wheels, which would sometimes shatter on corners. I know, I counted them, I know that at least 13 wooden wheels or rear axles broke on me in a two-year period. You've seen sailors who race boats. You've seen them. They all sit on one side of the boat, you know, so the boat won't flip over. You've seen them do this. I remember getting three trustworthy companions to stand on the left running board of my Model T so it wouldn't roll over when I made a sharp turn into the church driveway. What we were doing was trying to see how fast we could go around that corner without rolling over. Well, I had three guys on the left running board. I'm going to make a sharp left turn. I didn't want to roll over. The car didn't roll over, but but the right front wheel broke because there was so much pressure and strain on it, and we plowed a furrow right up through the church lawn. Sweetest 
than just friends, just friends. I let a song go out of my heart. Believe me, darling, when I say I want no sweet music until you return someday. song i let a song go to my heart i wonder who wrote it oh i wish you could be sitting right here with me in the solar radiant heated solar of main private radio so you could see what i go through to make this program for you you know i don't just sit down and and push buttons there's always something happening someone after me we got another what we got 15 15 more minutes no, my goodness, about almost half hour to go here. What do you suppose will happen? Will the roof fall in before I get done? Let me see if I can finish telling you about this axle business. This axle that Philip wanted, the one he found that was straight, that one still had wheels and the front spring attached to it, so he had to take that all apart. And he took this axle, he finally got it, what he wanted. He gently placed it inside his car in between the two front bucket seats, and he climbed in behind it. And when he did, he mentioned that these Model T axles cost $150 online. 
Because I used to buy the entire car for ten, fifteen dollars. Anyway, I'm glad that Philip found a use for that axle. I'd been saving it for him since his grandmother was fifteen.
Do. Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. I am The Humble Farmer. Love to hear from you. I like to post things that have a happy ending on my Facebook page. This is what I wrote on my Facebook page. And I get all kinds of replies to what I write on my Facebook page. This is what I wrote. I said, while I'm at the hospital tomorrow for a procedure, I plan to stop into the knee office first and cancel my knee appointment for Friday. When I made the knee appointment, I could barely get up and down a flight of stairs because my knee hurt so. But like so many parts of the body, it healed itself while waiting the 10 days to get in and at present I can hop about like a cricket. Now, I was going to write on my Facebook page that I could hop about like a frog, but I realized that young people don't even know what a frog is. The cheeping and peeping of frogs of, on main farms, you know, they, they used to be right there, infesting our ponds, and sometimes they'd be out in the road, see hundreds of frogs out in the middle of the road sitting on the hot tower at night. All these frogs have been replaced by ticks, which moved up here from Connecticut. And in response to this post on my Facebook friend, long-time radio friend, and by long time I mean 30, 35 year long radio radio friend, Dr. Olga wrote, she said, Last night the bullfrog serenaded us as we walked the dog, and we avoided her catching four toads by pulling her away. The ticks aren't as bad since, because I've been feeding the raccoon and the skunks. Yeah, you go. 
Swing and sway here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. I got my newspaper column written. When I get a first draft of my newspaper column written, I, I print it off on two sheets of paper. I staple the two sheets of paper together, and I let my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, and my brother, Toynbee, read this story. And they always have good suggestions that make the story better before I send it in to the editor at the newspaper. Well, I took some granite paving blocks down the road to Steve Lindsay, gave him some granite paving blocks, and, and when I got home, my wife, Marcia, had read the story four or five times, trying to make sense of it. Oh, it was in such bad shape that she had to sit down beside me in a chair to show me the problems she'd had with it. She, she'd take it a pen, she'd mark this story all up with arrows, showing how things had to be arranged so it would make sense. She didn't understand the last sentence in the story. She figured it must be an allegory, whatever that means. Well, we worked on this newspaper column for five minutes or so before I figured out that I had made a mistake stapling the two sheets of paper together and she had been reading the second page first.
note there. I haven't analyzed that. You have such a good ear, you can hear notes and tell what they are. I envy you. I'm almost through reading this book called The Future of Life. Someone told me about it. The author, Professor Wilson, was born 1929. He's still active, I guess. And what he says in this book, The Future of Life, is the reason I'm putting my land in conservation. I get woods. goes down to the ocean. No houses are to be built on. No houses are to be built on it. The earth needs green woods and fields and swamps and all kinds of bugs on the bottom of the food chain if if the earth is to continue to be able to support human beings. I didn't know that. Just reading about it. I know that frogs have moved off my farm and I know they've been replaced by ticks. Things are changing very rapidly. This Professor Wilson points out that for a million years... Man lived on the savanna in Africa. It was only recently, the past few thousand years, that we moved out of Africa to populate the rest of the world. And this is why he says we have an innate need to see open spaces when we look out the front door. I have a friend who lives in New York City. He lives way up high. And, and to him, he likes to be able to see. He can see for miles and miles. He's Joe can see everything there down New York City. He still has this need to look out. And it's why rich people who can live anywhere they want, this is why they have houses on the ocean or on mountain tops where they can see off in the distance. Now, while what I read, this rang true to me because I don't want to see houses built on the land across the road from my house because right now there are six cow friends out there grazing in the assigned areas and I like it that way. Recently, this was hard to believe, but I, I read that recently there was a U.S. senator in Maine trying to get all the federal state parks privatized and sold off so they could build houses and stuff on it. You, now, you know more about this stuff than I do, but I, I think this man is crazy. You know, there have to be some unspoiled areas left on this earth if we are to survive. In case you're listening, I, I want to thank whoever it was who made me aware of this book. I think the one I really wanted cost $5, and I bought this one my second choice on the same topic because that one was only one cent.
Thank you, thank you so much for listening to The Humble Farmer. Hope to be back with you next week. It happens, you know, with any luck at all. My my friend Winky is a pack rat. He has every receipt anyone has ever given him for the past 30, 40 years. You know the kind of person I'm talking about. You have to walk, turn sideways to walk into his house and his office. And he finally told his wife it would be okay to throw out every paper over 12 years old just as long as she kept copies. 